The following is from a 2014 interview with Wes Craven on his inspiration behind A Nightmare on Elm Street. I read an article in the LA Times about a family who had escaped the killing fields in Cambodia and managed to get to the US. Things were fine and then suddenly the young son was having very disturbing nightmares. He told his parents he was afraid that if he slept, the thing chasing him would get him, so he tried to stay awake for days at a time. When he finally fell asleep, his parents thought this crisis was over. Then they heard screams in the middle of the night. By the time they got to him, he was dead. He died in the middle of a nightmare. Here was a youngster having a vision of horror that everyone older was denying. That became the central line of Nightmare on Elm Street. Today we're going to be discussing a series of mysterious deaths of the Hmong refugees that puzzled public health experts between the 1970s and early 1980s. And that is Freaky Deaky. Yeah, so welcome back to... Actually, do you want to welcome people back? I, I do it all the time, so if you guys want to do it, I'm not trying to like hog the spotlight all the time. Yes. Welcome back to the Freaky Deaky. It is good to be back. It's good to be freaky. It's our last, freaky. Uh, last weekend in the studio for a bit. Yeah, probably for what, four weeks? About a month, actually. That's kind of crazy. This is the last time we're sitting down to record. You know, it's we're talking it's going to be like four weeks before we're in the studios, but to, to all of our listeners, it'll seem like it was just last week. Yeah. True. So don't don't fear yet. We are not out of episodes and we'll still have them every week. So, yeah. And if you really miss us, just listen on and again. Share the love. Oh, yeah. Reach give us out. give us a good review. Five stars are much appreciated. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Do that. Uh, Apple Podcasts specifically, their algorithm is just kind of crazy. And the only way to really grow and work your way up those charts is through consistent reviews. So if you enjoy the show, give us a shout. It takes little under a minute. And uh, it actually helps us out greatly. So it is much appreciated. Don't forget to throw in how much you love. And the whole reason you gave us a five-star review is my rational take on everything. Yeah. Or not. That might be the reason it gets dropped down to a four-star. It's a great show with all these true facts. But Christian keeps trying to you know, muddy the waters with his brain talk. Yes. It's all in the brain. Yes. Maybe too much banter. Maybe not enough. What do you guys feel now? So anyway, yeah, Heather, if you want to you know, go down the kind of intro story, just All right, the, the, the basic yeah. rundown of the Hmong refugees. Diving on in. The Hmong minority group had been persecuted in Laos after they were recruited by the CIA to fight North Vietnamese soldiers during the Vietnam War. More than 30,000 Hmong soldiers helped the U.S. fight communism in the northern highlands where they lived but died at a rate 10 times higher than their American counterparts. In 1975, the Vietnam War ended and Laos became a communist country. The new leadership there viewed the Hmong as traitors for their work with the United States. Many survivors from the war fled their homes after the war to become refugees in Thailand or the U.S. After fleeing to the safety for distant shores, these refugees took solace in the fact that the nightmare was finally over. Unfortunately, for many, the nightmare had just begun. 
Within months, dozens of refugees in America died for unknown reasons in their sleep during the 1980s. The mysterious deaths were usually among young men in their 20s and 30s from the Hmong ethnic group and affected a large enough segment of this population to alarm public health experts. They died in their sleep one by one, thousands of miles from home. Their median age was about 33. All but one, 116 of the 117, were healthy men. Immigrants from Southeast Asia could count the time most had spent on American soil in just months. At the peak of their deaths in the early 1980s, the death rate from the mysterious problem among the Hmong ethnic group was equivalent to the top five natural causes of death for other American men in their age group. Main features of the Hmong cases. Almost all the dead were men. Just one woman died. Age 25 to 44, median age was 33. They were recent arrivals with a median time 17 months on U.S. soil. They all died or at least became seriously unwell during sleep. No obvious abnormalities were found on autopsy. The basic theory behind SUNS, Sudden Unexpected Nocturnal Death Syndrome, was and still is that the Hmong men were dying as a result of an extreme stress response during episodes of sleep paralysis. So right there, interesting um, and very sad, actually. Like 117 people died within 17 months of fleeing to the United States. And all of them were pretty much, I mean, there's no other way to put it except they died in their sleep or from nightmares or stuff like that. And, you know, we'll dive into a few of the you know scientific possibilities behind it. But their belief system in general is kind of, they had something that, that kind of hinted at, at this type of entity that could take you in your in your nightmares was it the brain um no <laughs> either way it's kind of terrifying you think it is people terrifying. that have ptsd yeah. and you start thinking like is this a, something that can happen or as a result from having this you know yeah. it kind of makes you scared like no and one you, thinks that you know nightmares yeah we're all scared and we know we're gonna wake up but not really often do we ever wonder about what happens if we don't wake up and you die yeah. within that nightmare it's kind of terrifying if you really started thinking which is the reason Wes Craven went and made Nightmare on Elm Street. And it makes sense that it's one of the, you know, top horror movies of all time, you know? Have you guys both seen it? Yeah. Yes. I've never, yeah, I haven't. Really? I, I saw it at the movie theater back when it came out. Yeah, that makes and sense. I'm, I've always been a chicken, so I scared easy as a kid. And just... mm. Funny story is I tend to have a lot of funny stories connected to different subjects we're on. But for the second Nightmare on Elm Street, one of my friends was an extra in it. When they show kids getting on a bus, that was in Palmdale, California. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. And they just nice. did a scene where they, they paid the kids like five bucks so they could film them getting on the bus in the morning for school. That's pretty funny. And I could pick him out later when I saw the movie. Now he probably <laughs> just sits at home and that's like his flex. Like, hey, guys, look. Mm-hmm. His yeah. name was Brian. It's a celebrity by proxy. Yep. So funny story. Kid number five getting on the bus. Now. Yeah. But it's, I think, um, and knowing from having, you know, being a teenager when it came out and talking to all my friends on those you know, like you do it with all your friends. Yeah. It was a very realistic thing to us just thinking about what would happen if you died in your sleep, what could cause you to die in your sleep. I didn't know anything about the uh, the Hmong at the time and that they were the inspiration for the story. But yeah, it's it's a story that's in some ways is believable, just knowing that you could have a, such a scary nightmare that you could die from it. Or maybe that's just the perception we give it. Maybe people just like stop breathing at night and it's no big deal. Perhaps. Unless they wake up with like a strand of gray hair or the slice in their arm that they didn't have. 
Yeah, that would add a little bit more credibility and uh, fear factor to it. Shout out Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, I mean, nobody wants to think, but number one, you're helpless. You're in a dream. So clearly you're asleep. So that's, yeah, I can understand why that'd be terrifying to even think about. Then you add in like the PTSD of these refugees pretty much that are going through this. Or even just trauma. Because when you think of the killing fields, fields it's not just your normal wartime thing. These oh, are, yeah. There's a, a film, I think it has Richard Gere in it. But it's basically about a guy that came out of Cambodia and went through the killing fields. And some of these fields are like the rice fields he's trying to get out of the area from. And it's nothing but skulls and body parts that he's crawling on to get out to hide from the soldiers that are trying to capture him. Just massacred. And to get away. Yes, it was millions, millions of people murdered just because of their in in this case, it's going to be because they were enemies because they sided with the U.S. But in a lot of cases, if you wore glasses in Cambodia you would be pulled out and basically killed because you were part of the intellectual group. Not just the blind group, but the intellectual group. Yeah, they considered the people with yeah. glasses to be like the teachers and the, the readers and the smart people. Well, we'd all be fucked, wouldn't we? I have contacts. I'd be okay. And yeah. I'd also know if the soldiers are coming down the line, take your glasses off. Seems yeah. like the I mean, first thing to do. I do have contacts as well, but... I don't. You guys are weird touching your eyeballs. I'd, I'd be okay until they went to the doctors and like, give me every, give me a list of everybody that wears contacts. They're going to. No, I wear my contacts more because of the mask. That makes a lot more I sense. I don't like yeah. the fogging, and I feel like my glasses just don't fit well with it. And so I use more of them. But at home, yeah, I wear glasses. So I hear, I, it looks like we're going to talk about the nightmare spirit. Yes, Christian, if you want to dive into the belief systems of the Hmong, that would be fantastic. In the Hmong language, the nightmare spirit is referred to as Dabsog, Da Cho. Dab is the mom. Dab is a great name. Yeah. I just dabbed <laughs> off camera for anyone wondering. Yeah. Scott's going to have to make a meme for that. Uh, I won't be making any memes about the, <laughs> the, the, the Hmong people, but. Okay. Yeah. Dab is the Hmong word for spirit and is often used in the sense of an evil spirit. Sog. So you got to put those glasses on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Old like, man eyes. Yeah. I was like, don't, I can't see. Sog is the, sp- see, hear me. I did. Change a little there? I sure did. Sog is the specific name of the nightmare spirit and also appears in the phrase used to denote a nightmare attack. Sog Zom. Cho Chawa. Som means to crush, to press, or to smother. In the sample of Stockton Mong, a total of 58%, 36 men, 33 women, had experienced at least one nightmare. That doesn't, I mean, one nightmare. Haven't we all had one nightmare? No. Have you ever had nightmares? That's weird. Never. Never? Okay. Just me then. The interviews and the personal narratives they elicited clarified that the Hmong supranormal experience that I had isolated was in fact a cultural manis- manifest was in fact a cultural manifestation you did it. of the nightmare phenomenon. The following is a portion of a narrative from a 33-year-old Hmong man who had a nightmare experience shortly after his arrival in the United States. First, I was surprised, but right away I got really scared. I was lying in bed. I was so tired because I was working very hard then. I wanted to go to school, but I had no money. I kept waking up because I was thinking so much about my problems. I heard a noise. When I turned, tried, I could not move. My bedroom looked the same, but I could see in the corner a dark shape was coming to me. It came to the bed, over my feet, my legs. It was very heavy, like a heavy weight over my whole body my legs, my chest. My chest was frozen like I was drowning. I had no air. 
I tried to yell so someone sleeping very close to me will hear. I tried to move using a force that I can, a strength that I can have. I thought, what if I die? After a long time, it went away, it just left. I got up, turned on all the lights, I was afraid to sleep again. With regard to the admit term for the nightmare experience, 97% of informants used either Dabsog or Sog Psalm. All of those who were able to provide a name for the nocturnal encounter could also define it. This widespread awareness of the nightmare tradition clearly established that Hmong belief regarding the nightmare forms a collective tradition. One particular researcher, Shelley Adler, a graduate student of UCLA at the time, studying traditional beliefs narratives and researching nocturnal pressing spirit attacks, what we commonly refer to as sleep paralysis, took particular interest in these cases and published her findings in volume 40, issue 12 of Social Science and Medicine Journal. Yeah, and that I was able to track down that PDF and kind of read through the research that she had on that subject. And it was actually pretty interesting stuff. Like I'm going to read a little bit of it, but we'll also have in the show notes a link to that PDF that if, if you're interested, like feel free to read through it. It's really, really kind of a, a deep dive onto the research that Shelley was doing and just some of her findings. And speaking of those findings, Christian, did you have something to add? Um, not not too much. It's it's just fun to see that scientists are actually looking into something like sleep paralysis. Yeah. Which I think, you know, we've discussed it a lot here, mm-hmm. but I think people are finally waking up if that makes any sense to the fact that there is a sleep paralysis issue. Yeah. And there are things seen during the, those episodes that need further study. Yeah. From my point of view, more, you know, scientifically based on things like this, that makes me happy to see that somebody's looking into it or has looked into it. Yeah, very true. And this is like pretty much just the the Hmong take on sleep paralysis. You know, it is just another, and I'm not even sure, like Heather, you might have mentioned the, um, the dab sog. No, actually I didn't. I was. Are you sure? Because you went through a list of different cultures that had sleep paralysis and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't remember this though Hmm. on it. Interesting. No, but. it's really interesting because, I mean, most accounts of sleep paralysis, I never hear of deaths. Oh, yeah. And then so. you have in a period of years, you have 117. Mm-hmm. You know, that's an all from one culture, too. So I don't know. It, it A very small culture in the United States at the time yeah. as well. Yeah. So it is very freaky deaky. Intro music. Go. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll go over some findings from Shelley Adler's Refugees, Stress, and Folk Belief. Mong sudden deaths. This is directly, this is a direct quote from that. So this isn't me talking. Obviously, I'm not this eloquent. We'll see how eloquent you make it. Oh, I'm going to make it hella eloquent. All right. That's, yeah. Anything eloquent with the word hella in it. I thought the same thing as soon as I said it. It's just going to be so lit, man. Don't even (laughs) All right. I've noted an increased incidence of nightmares during informants' times of stress. Emotional stress, physical exhaustion, and sleep deprivation have been shown to be predisposing factors for sleep onset REM. According to the traditional beliefs informants described, Sog Saum assaults are rarely, if ever, fatal on the first encounter. It is believed that once you have one of those nightmares, you are visited by one of the Dab Sog evil spirits. Once you are seen by one of those evil spirits, often they will come back to you until you have the worst nightmare and probably die. Interesting correlation. Terrifying. Usually the lethal potential manifests only after an individual has been given time to rectify a situation but chooses not to, or is unable to, appease the intruding spirit. As one informant explains, because of traditional countermeasures undertaken in Laos, Sun's deaths did not occur prior to the Hmong exodus. Quote, 
There were nightmares, but the sudden death was unheard of. It might have happened, but I never heard of it. None of the informants I interviewed recalled incidents of Sun's deaths in Laos. Aside from the conflict between Hmong traditional religion and Christianity, Hmong refugees have experienced a host of hardships including language and employment problems, changing generational and gender roles, survivor guilt, and trauma-induced emotional and psychological disorders. These changes can affect all Hmong immigrants in varying degrees, but Hmong men in particular have had their roles dramatically altered. This gender dichotomy is mirrored by the vast discrepancy in the ratio of male to female sons' deaths. Since both Hmong men and women suffer from nightmare attacks, however, why are sons' deaths almost exclusively male? The answer lies in the meaning of nightmare attacks in traditional Hmong culture. Hmong informants explain that among other religious requirements, one's ancestors must be fed annually. If Wait. the an Huh? You said one ancestors must be fed regularly. One's ancestors. One's ancestor spirit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, feed your ancestors, folks. Uh, <laughs> don't forget to feed your ancestors. Okay. Hmong informants explained that among other religious requirement, one's ancestor spirits must be fed annually. If the ancestor spirits are neglected, they become angry, deserting the individual, the head of the household, and leaving him vulnerable to evil spirit attacks. Most of the Hmong informants perceived a direct, casual relationship between failure to perform traditional Hmong rituals and nightmare attacks. Etiologies related to either traditional spirits or to the lack of traditional religious practice constituted 81% of all the nightmare causes suggested. One Hmong man summarized the widely held belief as follows, quote, at least once a year, those evil spirits must be fed. If someone forgets to feed them, then they will come back and disturb you. If you have Sog Saum, the ancestor spirit is supposed to protect you. If you feed the ancestors regularly, then whenever you have Sog, sog Warm, Sog Warm. <sighs> sog Warm, like they're warm. Like when they yeah, that's the first time I've heard those. So I'm wondering if it's a typo. If you feed the ancestors regularly, then whenever you have Sog Warn, the ancestor spirits will protect you. Usually the father, the head of the household, is responsible for feeding the evil spirits. Women have nightmares too, but not as often as men. The evil spirit would first attack the head of the household. Coming to this country, people tend to forget to do the rituals. A lot of people either ignore or forget to practice their religious belief. Men are the ones who are responsible for feeding both the evil spirits and the ancestor spirits. Since they are not doing their part, it is logical that their souls should be taken away. The explanation clearly has great significance for the investigation of Sun's etiology in that it contains a matter-of-fact description of the precise manner in which a man's failure to fulfill traditional religious obligations can result in his death. The inability to fulfill roles and responsibilities with regard to religion, as well as in their lives generally, has a calamitous impact on the psyche of many Hmong males. Although Hmong women do experience nightmare attacks and are aware of the roles of both spirits and the absence of traditional religious practices in sons' deaths, they also know that Dabsog will seek out their husbands, fathers, or brothers as the individuals held accountable. As one Hmong informant recalled of her own nightmare experience, quote, even though I was very, very scared, I thought it was good my husband wasn't there, so the spirit wouldn't hurt him. Several informants suggested that the one woman who died of sons must have been unmarried or widowed, and therefore as the head of her household, the individual who was held accountable for the spirits. So that's kind of interesting, right? What are your thoughts so far on this, Christian? Do you like, does, does the fact that these, these people came over to America and then suddenly started dropping like flies 
exclusively like through sleep and and like stuff like that sleep paralysis experience or experiences does that make you believe it even a little bit that it's a possibility that these people were encountering a spirit rather than just dying in their sleep in one word no hmm. i know that's surprising not at this point no but if we're going to go back to nightmare on elm street again yes half of the problem with everybody that died in that movie, they did believe that they could die. They all believed that they'd done something wrong. They all fall fell into the belief that, say, this culture of Hmong people did, hmm. where they believed so strongly that they could probably, in a way, torture themselves to death in their sleep. Yeah. And that was one of the, like, if you check out that Shelley Adler's research on it, that was one of the main topics that would come up is these people could have actually just been killed by their brains right. for their belief system. Like, like their beliefs were so strong that if they didn't take care of these ancestor spirits and these evil spirits, that it would come to take them. And so it did well, in a way. Yeah. And the ancestor spirits and feeding is not just specific to the Hmong people. We see it in Egypt. Oh, yeah. We see it in South America. We see it in all the ancient cultures and how they fed their gods and their ancestors. Yeah. And that was very important. And this is, but this is kind of something we talked about in Bohemian Grove when we said rituals. I said, there are people out there that did, you know, they have to sacrifice or have to appease these gods or whatever that are evil spirits. And I think you came at me saying that, no, it was just how they worship their gods. But these, in this story in particular, these aren't gods. These are evil spirits that they are pretty much like, I will give you an offering so that you don't hurt my family. Like that's not a love relationship. That's not a God relationship. But they're also doing the same thing to their ancestors. Mm -hmm. But that's out of love for protection over the the evil spirits like you know what i'm saying like but it's, it's just it's, it's weird it's really this it's kind of the same thing though you're just basically bribing a supernatural being yeah. to leave you alone or you're feeding your loved ones so that they are provided for in the afterlife what do you think heather yeah where, where are you falling on this i find it really interesting it is um i feel like it can't be sleep paralysis i can't call it that what they're going through because i just feel like there would be more cases of death you know related yeah and there must be because they have a name, Sons. Yeah. Well, that the, the thing is with that name in particular, the Sons, was that it's almost a slap to the face because it's just saying we have no idea what this is. Yeah. It's just slapping a title on something that they don't know. Kind of like SIDS. You yeah, know? SIDS we don't know is what exactly it is, you the know? same. Same thing. We yeah. just have a, I mean, every year they're changing. So, so who's their to bed, say? in their stomach. We don't know. You know, bedding, no bedding. Like. Yeah. And that's what makes this fascinating is it's, it's not a solved case. No. It's completely unknown. And so it could be 100% a spiritual thing just as easily as it could be a brain thing or like a belief thing. You know, that's what we're here to do is, is discuss it. Talk about it. You know, different pros, cons, counterpoints. Well, once I, I always feel once you believe in, in this case, this group of people believe in their traditions, which most most of us do. We all have our different traditions we're raised with, even yeah. in America. Yeah, yeah, They're really loose, but deep down you can find them. And if you believe that to be a fact, then you can live and die according to that. And that's truly fascinating, whether it's a spirit or your brain. It's both are just stunning in the what it means to science, no matter what we find out about it. Can, can I piggyback on that for a second and mm. take it a step further? Yeah. Okay. So let's say just for shits and giggles, let's say that it is your, your brain that is creating or your brain is creating this because of your belief system, right? Do you think that in that instance, that if you're creating it and it turns into a reality that that carries on through the afterlife? Do you think that all these people's beliefs combined into one could create the afterlife that their religion is centered around? 
I would think it would create the real life more than the afterlife. Really? So you don't think like the, the combined power of all these people believing in a certain thing could create it and make it a reality to where when those people died, they actually do go to that place. Like if our minds are that powerful, you know what I'm saying? Like, does that make sense? That sounds like something I've said in a previous episode. Like you could actually First of all, produce something with your brain or your, the power of your mind because th thinking is energy. So you're just putting energy out there. And what form does that energy take outside of your brain? You know, it's, yeah. it's like uh, the old saying, you know, don't shit where you eat. Yeah. That, or <laughs> what you put in out, out into what you put into the world comes back tenfold. Yeah. It's, it's a way of looking at the world around you. But uh, so you could maybe, I don't know if theoretically would work here, but you could the theoretically produce a reality that wasn't real before you spoke it into existence. Would that be the next plane for humanity is that we've become so advanced that at that point we create our own afterlife? Isn't that kind of, that's the age of Aquarius maybe where we become more enlightened and more in tuned with the world around us and each other yeah. and treat each other a lot better than we have in what is it, the age of Pisces now? I don't know what age it is. I have is. no idea. You know, I mean, every, every word we speak is kind of a magical spell. Every thought we have. Power of the tongue. And, it, and it'll produce a reality. That's why you have to be careful with your thoughts and your words, hmm. because that produces a reality. Yeah, I've thought about that a few times, mainly like I'm a relatively self-deprecating human being. I've never noticed. Yeah. So shocking surprise. <laughs> no. And so I, but I've thought about that a few times, be like, I always joke around about how much I hate myself or how much I, I fuck up or how much I do this and that. And to me, it's hilarious. But at the same time, I've had those thoughts where I'm like, is this actually really detrimental to me as a human being? Yes. Like, is this going to tear me down to the point where I actually start hating myself or I start? It will. Yeah. I, I'm convinced that your thoughts repeated are your reality. Mm. And, you know, we basically have the same thoughts playing over and over again in our minds all yeah. day. Are those thoughts uplifting or empowering? Or are they putting you down? Or are they putting people around you down to where you're going to look at the reality around you differently? Mm. So if you're among this group of people that force, that face the trauma and PTSD in some cases of escaping what in their minds Terror. is, it's a Holocaust in a way, Pretty I mean, much, yeah. not on the level of World War II in Germany, but you know, it's a genocide. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And us Americans, most of us that were at least the ones that were born here or whose families have been here for a while, haven't had to face something like that. But when you hear immigrant stories, especially from Asia, Southeast Asia during this time period, there's some of the most horrific stories you've ever heard. And there's other parts of the world where you can hear like Africa, even in Europe a little bit when they had the, you know, the, the wars back in the nineties mm. in uh, Bosnia and everything. Yeah, yeah. The stories of peril and escape, you know, which Heather will see when she catches up on WandaVision, they have a great scene of that kind of terror and the trauma. I mean, yeah, the trauma w will destroy you at some point if you can't deal with it. Mm. And when you're in this case, males, they're talking about males having an issue. Yeah. And part of it is they came to America probably with their families. And when they first got here, it was easier probably for the females to get work because they could work more easily in the service industry. Yeah. Low paying jobs, but all of a sudden they're bringing in the money. And these men who have been raised on in a culture where they are the providers, they are the ones that yeah. provide even for the gone ancestors or the evil spirits that they have to pay off with offerings. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden they have lost their role in the world and that kind of trauma 
is something that, again, a lot of us Americans haven't always felt. I think a lot of American men are struggling a little bit with it now because, you know, as things become more equal in this country, they find that their role isn't quite the protector or the provider that it used to be. And they have to navigate this world in a different way than they used to. And that's trauma in itself. Yeah. But this is also trauma of knowing and seeing many of your family members murdered. It feels you know, a little more worse. traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. So you amp that up a little bit. You could see how this could come back and get them late later. Feelings of guilt or some of the just overtaken. Yeah. yeah. And that's one of the worst emotions or things that we deal with in day to day life anyway. And then you ramp it up to where you're, you're basically not fulfilling your role. That's mm -hmm. a lot of trauma. Yeah. I guess you'd say it's, it's just a, like a domino effect of bad shit that happened that eventually just led to their hearts giving out or something, them dying in their sleep. Yeah. You know, and we can talk about nightmares. I mean, well, we've all had scary yeah. nightmares and I think at times we've all felt, yeah, if it could have if it would have gone a little bit longer, I don't know if I would have woken up. Yeah. That's how scary some of our nightmares are. But that's the, that's the weird thing about this particular case is that you have the ability to look at it from either point of view. You can look at it as, yeah, they went through a lot of trauma and they gave out, like they died. That's what happens. You know, sometimes you get like eaten alive by that shit. But then you can also look at it from a spiritual standpoint and being like this. What, is, what was this thing? This thing that haunted their nightmares that, that came and they took him like that boy in the the uh, interest story, that Wes Craven part where like he told everyone he's like, no, I'm like, if, if I fall asleep, this thing's going to get me. And then it did like the very next time he fell asleep, parents are awoken to him screaming in the middle of the night, go in there and he's dead. And it's a tragedy for the family. It's unexplainable to the rest of us. I mean, part of this with the Adler um, studies, yeah, you see there is science involved in it, hmm? but there's only so far that science is gonna go. They're not gonna be able to reach the spiritual part of it other than to, to come up with a rational- Possibility. Yeah, a, a science-based, brain-based you know, explanation. Hmm. But you go to another part of Asia, to the, to the old Bruce Lee curse, and how he his family had a curse on him. A curse came, I think, from his father's time that basically cursed this family yeah and bruce lee supposedly believed in it or didn't believe in it for a while so he kind of fought against it but deep down people felt that he actually believed that this curse was going to come get him he died basically probably dr drug overdose or something similar later on and then you know everybody's like talking about the curse and it didn't really pick up until years later when his son was accidentally killed on a movie set so at, w at that point was it a curse or was it just coincidence and a matter of the, the brain? Well, if you, some people in the Asian tradition or the Chinese tradition think it was the curse, it was the spirits that were after his family. And mm -hmm. I, I, there's a movie, I can't re remember the name of it, but it's a great movie on how they kind of fictionalize the part where Bruce Lee is battling this thing, chasing him through his, his dreams and, and things like that. Hmm. Um, and it's throughout time and it finally overtakes him. If you believe you're cursed, you're cursed. If you believe you are doomed to always have bad luck, you are doomed to always have bad luck. That is kind of true. I do find some truth in that because yeah. I feel like people that are always down on themselves, like life is so bad. I always just the bad of it, end of it. Like you're not, I mean, don't want to sound rude, but if you always think that, that's how your life's going to be. Right. And you have to be positive. Like, I'm just listening to a, a podcast with a, a marriage counselor on, you know, Dak Shepherds, And he was talking about, you know, serotonin and dopamine and how those affect us. And you have to be five times more positive because right. one negative comment can weigh you down with the, how the dopamine affects you. Mm. It takes five more times of positive right. positivity to make up for that. So he was saying even just in our normal day-to-day -day, day -day relationships, like if we're always being negative, like it quickly takes on 
you have to be way more positive to just make ourselves feel. So I'm going to put this out there to both of you. How exactly would you get past that? Like if, if you were a negative person in general, like let's use me as a guinea pig. I'm a relatively like I'm fun and, you know, happy go lucky or whatever, but I'm a pretty negative person when it comes to just thinking. Like I always assume the worst and uh, to quote the great and ridiculously talented NF, I always have a way of finding bad and good situations. So how, how exactly would you alter your mind to not be that way? You would uh, look at the good. We, my husband and I always say this super corny yet very true statement in our house. And when either one of us are having these negative thoughts, we say it kind of just to key in and remind each other. But it's always, you know, gratitude will change your attitude. Oh, but it's true. It is even true. like the other it's night true, I was yes, sitting but... here and I was complaining to my husband. I'm like, God, I'm so tired of just all I do is clean up and take care of you kids. Like that's what I do. You know, this house is so big and I'm always doing this and running the kids to school and picking up your socks. And then I, he's like, gratitude will change your attitude. And I'm like, I know. And as annoying as it sounds, like at least I have this big home to take care of and that it keeps our family safe and like protected. And, you know, yeah, I have to take these two kids to school. We have two great kids. Yeah. and get experience being parents where there's people that try to you know have kids all the time and can't have them like so it's just changing your brain in that moment and looking at it and then being like okay like and that's honestly like you just have to do that all the time like even in parenting like it's it's mm. hard and it's a stressful job but every time i sit there i'm like man maybe you know those people that are in their 40s on the beach you know no kid no worries yeah <laughs> got it right but then i think no there's people every day that want kids and fight to have this and you know yeah and and especially here in america we have so much but we're always worried about either what we don't have or what's going to be taken away from us. So like in your case, and I would throw this out on a challenge since no, this, do it. Yeah. because we're not going to be recording for a few weeks, pull yourself out a gratitude journal. And before you go to bed, write five to 10 things you're thankful for. My mom would love you for saying that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even if it's the same thing over and over again, I guarantee you that little effort will start changing in a little bit. Mm -hmm. It'll rewire your brain. It'll train you to look for the good. Like I have bad things happen to me. And usually once it get, knocks me on my ass, I try to like, okay, how can I like build from this? How mm. can I use this to make things better? Yeah, yeah. You know, what are the positives? What's the teaching moments? Also, and that's part of it. Also past and present as, as hard as it is for us to let go of some things in the past, like no amount of stress right now is going to change what happened in the past. Mm. Yeah. And we have no control over the future. So no amount of stress is going to help us in the future. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many times I've pictured what my life was going to be in five to 10 years. And then I'm shockingly like, I never thought I'd be a part of a podcast. And here I am. And here we are. And yeah. so it's just learning to be in the present, enjoy those moments. And, you know, when I get in a, you know, well, remember, you know, my husband, like, remember five years ago when this happened? Well, what does that help bringing that up? You know, and yeah. it's just so living in the present, using that, you know, gratitude will change your attitude. Yeah, it's, it's, it is a corny it's, saying, but it's powerful yeah but also you know doing those healthy habits too like as much as i hate going to the gym i notice when i am going i feel a heck of a lot better yeah i just think like for me like I, i'm someone that does a lot of inward thinking constantly i i know my tics i know the things that like piss me off and trigger me and some like if i have moments alone i usually think about those i'm like okay so how how can I tackle this? Or, or is there a way for me to get around this with my personality? Especially now, like, you know, China's talking about wanting kids and stuff and starting a family. And like, I don't want to be the guy that is just negative and constantly bringing down people's like good moods or anything like that with what I think is just rational thinking, like me not boosting anything up too much. And I'm just trying to keep things realistic in my head. But in reality, like that shit affects people. 
And so right now, especially is a very important time for me to start trying to not be a negative person or trying to fix those aspects of my life so that I don't end up raising kids that, you know, didn't get the dad that they deserved or, or didn't like, you know, a wife that resents her husband for always being negative, you know? And so when I read these stories of like the Hmong deaths and stuff like that, if it was a brain thing and it was something that was entirely just induced by, by either guilt or fear or like whatever, I'm like, if it can happen to them, it could happen to me. And I, and I like, and I'm like, shit, you know, if, that, if that's something that you literally can do, it gets to the point where it's like, okay, this is something that needs to be addressed. And the issue is I've addressed it millions of times. I vent to my mom constantly about this shit. And it's something that is like almost so embedded in me that it just doesn't change. Well, it's also okay to give yourself a break. Uh, not with my schedule. It's not, not anymore. No, not that kind of a break. Just get like. Like a KitKat bar or something? No, oh. just, okay, I did that. Or okay, I thought that thought, or I got down on myself a little bit. That's okay. Just break out of it. And then yeah. just move on. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. in this case, and this, you might be able to find a way to deal with it in your own life. The one thing that could have solved some of these problems among this group of people is doing some of the same rituals they'd always done. You want me to feed my dead ancestors? Find your own ritual. But oh. in this case, that simple ritual that they'd always had instilled in them and their family had probably instilled it in their families. Yeah family members for years, thousands of years, all of a sudden they cut it off. And this is a, also a big take on America from immigrants. They come to America. It's really hard to hold on because yeah. America is too busy, too many different things going on. You have to work your ass off to survive. You don't always have time to do those rituals. And it's not that the rituals are magical or anything. They might be, but the rituals basically prime your, your brain for health. Mm. Exactly. Like, I mean, common day, if you want to break it down rituals, like if when I'm going to feel my best and taking care of myself, my good rituals are going, getting up and going to the gym Yeah, because I'm getting my workout in and working out my body. I'm getting that, you know, uh, those that endorphins and yeah. yeah, that workout high, then cooking a good, healthy meal for my family. Uh, maybe reading a book instead of less screen time, you know, quality time at night. Like I say, playing cards, with my husband or, you know, board game with the kids mm. and then getting a good night's sleep saying, you know, yeah, I do want to hang out and do this, but I know my body needs good night's sleep. So tonight, nine o'clock, you know, going to bed and doing that. That's rituals for my best health because, you know, taking care, you know, giving our bodies good nourishment, and, yeah. you know, drinking your water, going to the gym, those kind of things to build you up. But that's always not realistic in today's, you know, busy schedule and life yeah, and balancing. Yeah. So then, you know, if I podcast stuff, then I'll let the gym go and I'll pick this up over that. And then that's when, you know, I do start noticing like I get tired, run down, negative. Yeah. Like, for instance, my last week, you know, this is last week of recording a lot of bit, you know, busy going on. So already next week, Christian's going back to work and I know I'm going to start going to the gym just to implement that. And it's. Yeah. A constant battle of trying to do those healthy habits to help yourself and find the time, which isn't always easiest or ideal. And I don't want it to sound like I'm coming down on the Hmong for not following their traditions because I'm no, no, I'm not yeah. a believer always that those traditions are right. Mm. But the you know the guilt they felt felt over that you could kind of show that in a lot of humans there's yeah. guilt and that guilt is what kills. Yeah, you know, and, when you're when you feel guilty for decisions you've made or didn't make in the past yeah. for how you treated somebody, there's no, you can't do anything with guilt. You got to move on. You know, you got to do what you what you got to do. And it changes. Yeah. And with a lot of Asian cultures, isn't that head of the household thing pretty prevalent? Right. Like it's a it's a great point of of pride for them. Right. Like it's how they manage that that situation. Yeah. And, and so for them to, you know, clearly be thrown into a place where they don't have that same level. 
And America is really tough on that head of household for immigrants, even though it's a strong belief still in America that the man should be the head of household. Yeah. For some reason, when immigrants come to the country, the way they have to survive, especially at first, again, the women are going to get the better, are going to get, have an easier time getting work in some areas. Yeah. Do you even, yeah. even in the like 60s and 70s, you sure? That, don't, don't you well, think like they guys could be, still would have- They could work at, you know- as servants like the, or house the piggly clean. wiggly or something like that. Just no, little... even back then, it was more of a nanny or okay or a housekeeper stuff. Yeah, you know, it was yeah, yeah. it was low paying jobs. But these men had worked in their wherever they're from, physical jobs that weren't always available in America. Yeah, depending on what part of America you immigrated to, and it was just it takes a generation or so sometimes to find your place yeah. amongst this new nation that is kind of counterintuitive in the way we act sometimes it's not always the health you know we brag about how little sleep we get that and that's true. like a, a badge of honor and it, it's not healthy yeah even myself every time you guys are here i'm like yep i was up at 3 30 again this morning getting ready for all this shit so yeah and i wear that with pride yeah i got up at 8 30 yeah. so i could leave at nine yeah five hours after i was awake and yeah. one with the morning christian decided to grace us with his presence I'm saying, I wasn't, yeah <laughs> you got to remember though when i'm at work i'm I'm waking up at like three yeah so. but see don't you find it hard like the only reason i keep waking up at 3 30 is because if i break from that cycle i'm fucked i also learned that some days i just need to sleep in and not mm-hmm. feel guilty about it mm-hmm. yeah and that's what i'm saying is some days you take care of yourself and don't feel guilty about it and that then the next day you will be better for everybody around you. Like when you go on your honeymoon and you sit on that beach oh, yeah. for a couple of days, you need to sit on that beach at times without your phone. Yeah. You can take a book and some suntan lotion. Yeah. But yeah, I'll be taking over Instagram while Scott's on his honeymoon to make yeah. sure that uh yeah. he actually chills. <laughs> yeah. Because he doesn't know how to do that very well if you can't yeah. tell. I'm always doing something for sure. So no, I, I thought about that too. I was like, damn, when we get to Jamaica, like it's gonna be the first time that I don't have a, a release to do for the business or podcast editing or something like that. It'll be the first time that I actually just get to enjoy my time, spend my time with my wife, lay at the beach and just watch the waves roll in, whatever. Like I'll probably come back so chill that you guys will be like, is this an entirely different person? Well, that's what you need though. Scott's gonna come back. Well, yeah. Like I love Jamaica Mon. Yeah. You know, and I, I was telling when... Mandy this the other day, like I need to go sit at a beach mm-hmm. for a few days. I think you know. 2020 and you know, yeah. leading into 2021 now, it's been a stressful time and we all need to, I think everybody has gotten cooped up and yeah, needs that release and break. Yeah. Which, which is, what's crazy about 2020 is how stressful it has been, how stressful it is now that we're into 2021. But a lot of people, myself included, have felt like because of that time and less focus on other things, we are able to focus on things for ourselves a little bit more. Yeah. Some improvements, you know, I learned a lot about the stock market. So I started yeah. podcasting, you know, those are things that are, are more about like things I want to do and potentially life-changing things yeah. too, like for the better. Yeah. And, and that pause of the real world gave us a lot of time to focus on something that we feel passionate about yeah. that we might not have easily found time for, you know, and a lot of people are saying that. And then as we get out of it, a lot of people are going to look at the world a little differently. Maybe more of us need to pay attention to the rituals of taking care of our ancestors. Maybe that's the whole point of COVID is we weren't looking out for our ancestors and evil spirits. Whoa now. And we didn't bribe them to leave us alone. So they sent a bat out of China, Mm. you know. It's a slippery slope we're going on right now, but yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) We're going to call this, you know, episode part 
part, you know, the end it's, half it's, is self-care. Yeah. It's yeah. half Scott, Scott therapy session, half Mong deaths. But the thing like, and I, I didn't try to like railroad the episode so much as I thought that I could bring a situation that I'm in personally into a situation similar to this. Like, is this possible if I were to keep going at the same pace that I'm going? I, either way, I think um, worrying all the time and having negative thoughts, whether you're going to die in your sleep or not, it's not a healthy trend. And you yeah. can look around at people. It that ages been doing people, that. like people that worry a lot. Um, like even my father-in-law for a long time, he he was just very much a kind of a control freak and, mm. and has to have situation. He ended up having a panic attack and it was like his doctor was like, look, your stress is like, you're going to, you're not going to live long if you keep on the trend. Yeah. And so in his older age now, he's learned to like take a breath, like not sweat the little things. And let me tell you, he's a much more joyful person to be around because it just it eats at you and that's why like i said i get in those trends i think right now really common up here is it's the end of winter winter's long we have three months depression. of summer yeah you just you yeah. get the wintertime blues so like i said you know i haven't been going to the gym the past few weeks and so after you know having that little talk with my husband going you know oh, poor me and this and you know we got a bad review on a you know podcast you know does it just don't get me started up. on that, Heather. And then, so I'm like, next week, I'm, I'm going to take that time for myself. Like, have to retrain my brain, just get that self-care time. Yeah. Everything with you is just a rhyme, isn't it? That's yeah. how you keep on. You retrain your brain. Yeah. Gratitude, yeah. beatitude. Gratitude, gratitude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's her, what helps you remember it so easily, though, right? Like yeah, that, yeah. She did her genealogy test and found out she's related to Dr. Seuss. There it would be know. really dope. That would be really dope. Yeah. Or I'm just, you know gonna be a great rapper on the side uh, we can do i that. wouldn't I go that far yeah but we will that is anybody hey to our fans out there if they want a freaky deaky rap let us know uh you guys don't know this about me but i actually sold a rap album for 200 dollars once to my old co-workers so that, i can rap i cannot rap but we will <laughs> where do, can i find this co-worker to please hear this good luck it's in vegas but I do have the old recordings of my rap album, and I'm, I've never shown anyone. It's something I keep to myself. What even we should it's do straight fire. is it like... It was uh, my birthday like a week ago. So, Scott, I think for my 30th it's, birthday it's at too least. Late. Oh, It's passed. I'm sorry. Next year. It's so I'm going to tell everyone yeah. all. What do you want for your birthday? You bet I remember Scott, this. Scott's yeah. CD. A rap yeah. battle with us as different characters of yeah. what we there talk about. I can I can write and record. Uh, it'll probably be more folky than than rap, but no, freaky deaky intro song. If you guys would like, no, we need to do a, a actual rap video mm. at some point with us rapping. You need to be like Bigfoot or a giant. If you guys want to see it, let us know. I Please think don't. I think we could make it funny. Please don't want to see it. Please don't. Definitely don't. No, it would be amazing. We get makeup artists and stuff. Yeah, those are at our exposure, aren't they? Exposal, disposal, aren't they? I'm tired. China and Mandy. I was about to say China's about to get real crafty with the makeup. Yeah. So yeah, Halloween next year. Well, that'd be the perfect the, time to record. I already it, asked Scott yeah. if we could all sit here and be different variations of Sasquatch for Halloween. If you guys would, yeah. Like one of us is a Yeti. One of us Bigfoot, and then yeah. Christian's just the the ape. <laughs> He's just in a, yep. like a gorilla costume or something. A big ape. I want to be the ye Yeti. Because he's Asian, so I can be all Zen-like. Mm. Is the Yeti Asian? I think so. That's not very just... uh, yeah. close oh, okay. enough. Yeah, I guess if you want to really stretch No, because the Yeti's in the Himalayans. Yeah, it's more, he's mainly in the Isn't Himalayans it? and Siberia. I just thought he was a winter Sasquatch. Mm -mm. Wow. It's a part of the world. You should have known this. I know. I feel actually really ashamed of this. 
I have brought great shame to this podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. You've brought great shame to your community. I will lead the Yeti knew. episode. There you go. Yeah. Scott's got the big guy. Yeah, I'm actually I'm I'm working on an episode. Like I know we haven't touched on Bigfoot at like we've brought it up because every once in a while. It's so much information. Yeah. I keep saying I'll tackle it and I'm reading a book now and I don't even know how to put all of it in yeah. there. But we're without gonna... like ten episodes of bit of yeah. Bigfoot. It's going to be different takes on on Bigfoot. There's going there's so many different angles to go with. So there's going to be multiple Bigfoot episodes, but it's just kind of getting the ball rolling on them. You know, like I the one I'm working on is just the different poss- like the different theories behind it. Like you know, Christian believes Big Ape, and then there's like the paranormal, and then there's just the regular you know run of the mill freaky Bigfoot in the in the woods. You know, but there's different beliefs on what this thing is, and so I was going to do an episode just running down a few of the different possibilities and theories behind it. And then from there, we can do whatever the fuck we want with it. But this isn't a Bigfoot, Bigfoot episode. So would you guys like to, to wrap up the, the yeah, mom nightmare deaths? I think we deaths? should, because I feel like, you know, the gotten, last yeah, 20 we've gotten minutes. Off base a little Sorry, bit. guys. But it was good stuff we needed yeah. to tackle. So. We, we got all the information that we wanted to get in the episode, in the episode. So that's a plus. Yeah, it was a pretty quick uh, one. Yeah. So uh, Heather, are you, are you, uh, give me your thoughts on, on the whole thing. Like where, where do you fall after, after hearing the information are you a believer that it was indeed something paranormal, something from a spiritual standpoint, or do you think it they did just overwork themselves and die of you know grief and you know trauma? I just find it weird how every like uh, that many people could die from just the stress of it. And that's where I lean towards like paranormal. Yeah, something yeah. weirder because I don't know. We have people that seem horrible things now like ptsd mm. soldiers you don't hear about a bunch of them dying in their sleep no usually just so yeah. i don't know it's a, it's a interesting topic though yeah i mean i feel like there are there are aspects of this story that i lean paranormal towards and then there's aspects that i can grasp onto that seem like rational like a natural explanation behind like it. i said definitely i think you know yeah, all that stress and going through something that traumatic is not healthy. Oh, for sure, yeah. And it can't be good for the body. Yeah. But I just don't hear as many people dying from it. Like well, that. they're also coming out of a, a war-torn area where we know U.S. soldiers were sickened by Agent Orange. What else was used in this area that we're not privy to? Yeah. That could have later like caused Like some kind this. of chemical they ingested. And- right. Yeah. So we don't. there's a lot we don't know. The one thing I would say is look after your thoughts. You know, even if you think that, say, a supernatural being is going to come after you, if you don't do things the right way, look after those thoughts because, yeah. you know, that you, you may be right, whether it's a supernatural being or just the, your thoughts associated with it. There's people out there, I'm sure among even the Hmong, who might have had the expertise to guide some of these people. Mm. Now, chances are being in a new country, they depending on where they were, they might not have had a, the access they needed. Yeah. But nowadays you do. Nowadays you can go online and find access to whatever group of people you need. So it's in your best interest, whether you're stressed out or you know depressed, or you have a cultural belief that you sh- feel you should follow, mm. you should deal with that. Yeah. Either to get past that guilt, maybe it's just easier to follow your cultural beliefs, or maybe there's a way to move to put it in its proper healthy place. Yeah. Whatever that may be. Lots to digest with this one. And the fact that it's still technically a mystery, it's been given a title that holds no weight. Well, it's a title that just is a, a like it's a title that's just sitting there until they 
science gets to that point. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just a catch all that eventually people will start pulling some of these issues out, some of these um, nocturnal deaths out and mm. find an actual cause. Yeah. And then that group will narrow and maybe it'll eventually, there won't be such a thing as this anymore. They'll all have its own little reference based on, you know, autopsies or whatever. Yeah. But for now, it's just the best they can do with the knowledge they have. And that's probably the extent that it's ever going to be, right? You think people are still looking into this? I think people are looking into this type of things or similar things and just discussing these things. I mean, how many people don't know about this group of people? I mean, I, I know a I, lot about. I never heard about yeah. this until. Yeah. I've heard some of the stories, you know, of the supernatural from this time period or these group of Asian countries that yeah. are just astounding. But I didn't hear this story. Really? You've never heard of this? I probably heard different types. I didn't hear connected to the Hmong people or hmm. to this part of the war. Yeah. I was, look, when I was researching this, I tried finding stories of people that, that died from like nightmares or like night terrors or anything like that here in the States, all kinds of places. I couldn't find one thing. Every time I tried searching for a different term or different phrasing, it always came back to the Hmong. Yeah. So this is like the one recorded time in history that I was able to find that this was was happening. And that's that's fascinating in a, in a way that this has never happened before. At least that's that's recorded and hasn't happened since. Yeah. And I was a child during some of these this type of immigration. Mm -hmm. And I just remember the stories that I heard, like say the Vietnamese boat people and stuff and just the mm -hmm. you know Cambodia and Laos. Yeah. It was I think it, some of it was covered up immediately after. Sounds about but right. But then it came out in the 80s some of the the genocide of genocidal actions that some of these governments took around yeah. this time. If you know more about it, let us know because this is truly fascinating and scary at the same time. Yeah. And tragic. It's a, yeah. it's a really tragic thing that took place that I guess, I mean, I'm assuming not a ton of people know about. No. You know, so we're, we're bringing awareness to it, but, and you know, we're not trying to make light of anything that happened or anything like that. Like any of these theories are just kind of spitballing, you know, because yeah. nobody truly knows what happened. We do know that this, the, statistical anomalies are there mm -hmm. that's why people looked into it at the time and yeah. soon after there may be other instances in the last 20 years that you can start studying in different parts of the world where people may be coming out of similar situations mm. heather you got any final words any last thoughts i was gonna say if anyone has any theories or you know thoughts on the episode anything to tie into it you know right on in at you know the gang at the freaky deaky and we're also on Instagram at, at the Freaky Deaky. Or no, at Freaky Deaky. At Freaky Deaky Pod. God, Heather, have you ever been on the Instagram? Shit. I know. <laughs> All right. So at Freaky Deaky Pod. Same, Same with our Twitter yeah. and our TikTok. And then Facebook is the Freaky Deaky Podcast. Just reach out. We're all, you know, slide into our DMs. Mm -hmm. Reach out there. Uh, we're always checking it out and love to hear from you guys. And yeah. want to hear from you guys more. Yeah, that goes. Uh, other paranormal experiences, anything like that, feel free to reach out. It is always a treat. If you enjoy the show, take a minute out of your day and uh, leave us a review like a written review on Apple Podcasts. It's I the promise best, you. Easily the, yeah. the best thing you can do. Like merch is cool. And yeah, that money helps us. But right now, like Apple reviews, yeah. what's going to help us the most. If you enjoy the show and you want to help us grow a little bit, just, just take a minute out of your day, do that. And um, yeah, that, that just about wraps up this yeah. episode. The mysterious the, deaths of the Hmong. The mysterious just, deaths of the Hmong. I'm just repeating everything you say. Yeah, no. we should come back to someday. We should. Yeah. Well, we should keep looking into it to see if there's other cases or other instances where it could kind of correlate with this. Yeah. Yep. But for all for everything that I looked into, I couldn't find jack shit. 
Thanks for tuning in and we will catch you next week. Same place, same time. Goodbye. Bye. that just she just quit just sent me a text thank you father because they call me father at work the girls better than daddy yeah that well they were like we were, we were we were gonna say that but then we thought that just sounds wrong i've had twice when we're at the lake recently where i go to say dad and daddy comes out and i almost throw up like instantly. <laughs> and every time michael's like, like ooh, you twisted like that's what michael every time so i'm like hey daddy like like yeah remember when that used to be like an innocent innocent phrase and now it means something totally different yeah thanks I just a lot don't know. Like, i will never call i would never call my daddy so weird i've been called daddy a few times and it's always very strange but those those relationships didn't last does long. it kill like, the vibe mm-hmm. instantly you're like yeah. oh, oh. but it was it was a little more common in california you should be saving these for our patreon someday oh, just, just my thoughts random on conversation thoughts on yeah. what people should call daddy just because we we like <laughs> some of the stuff we talk about is ridiculous. We are freaky deaky, so yeah, makes sense. Yeah, save that for Father's Day. <laughs> yeah. Episode. Hey, daddies, you ready? Daddy episode. Happy Valentine's. Yeah. Day for Father's Day. Yeah, Father's yeah. Day. <laughs> are you like, ready, what, your Daddy? Daddy Valentine.
Daddy is weird. 